Rifling through those long boxes. It's gotta be here, it's gotta be here, it's gotta be here. Aha! Here it is! And bagging those books. I'm out of bags and boards again? Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. The Cosmic Force Podcast. A Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Parker Kirk, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello and everybody, welcome back to the Cosmic Force Podcast. We have returned. It's going to be a different experience than you may or may not be used to. Obviously, you probably noticed right off the bat, I'm new to the scene here. My name is Parker Kirk. You may recognize me from the YouTube channel. If you follow us on Instagram or follow us on TikTok, you may recognize my face from there. But I'm going to be joining the the full-time hosting crew here on the show, as well as taking over the producer duties. But you guys don't want to hear much else from me. You're probably way more excited to hear from the two returning co-hosts, the guys that I have the absolute pleasure of sharing this show with for the foreseeable future. Let's start off and uh, let's connect with our walking encyclopedia, the man himself. Jacob, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, excited to be back. I've done my like circuit of Utini shows in the past, I don't know, like two months. I was on Certainly, Living yeah. Force like a week ago. I was on Legends Look Back recently. I've been on Star Wars Archives. I had a Patreon special. So I'm happy to be back in my home with the Cosmic Force. Although I'm not in my actual home, I am in a hotel room for the summer. So super scenic views only. Uh, but it's, you know, out of town. Had some time to check out some new local comic shops, look at their back issues, and I'll just show off a few things we got. We got a Princess Leia variant from her miniseries of Phil Noto art. You know, looks nice. Uh, I, ha- I, you know, I had the A cover of Quest of the Jedi, and oh. I saw the B cover, so I figured, why not? God, it's so um, nice. We got a Target Vader number one incentive variant with uh, some Ooh. nice balance sketches. Hadn't seen this one before, so why not? That's really nice. And then uh, Storms of Crate. So we recently <laughs> found out that uh, the, the last half of the 2015 Star Wars comic run, uh, written by Kieran Gillen and Greg Pak, is getting an omnibus finally. It's been heavily requested for years. This one shot was not in it, which basically means it's never going to be collected anywhere. So wow. saw that at the store the other day and figured why not. And then... Star Wars 2015 number four, kind of random, um, but it is the first appearance of Sana Staros. It's not worth anything, which kind of honestly surprises me this late in the game, but I figured why not? So, you know, it's been fun checking out comic book stores that are new to me uh, in this area. So, yeah, excited to be back. That's really cool. That's really cool. Good to see you. Good to have you back. Now, of course, we have another co-host, Caleb. Caleb, how are you doing? Our resident dungeon master. <laughs> I've been doing great. While Jacob was doing his uh, comeback tour, the kind of like you know reintroduction, I've been working on something on the back scenes for the uh, Patreons here for a little bit, and I'll be you know co-running that for a while. But no, it's been great. I I took a lot of uh, time off of this break to catch up on a lot of other comics. You know, I reread One Piece again. I did a lot of. Um, <laughs> going through a lot of other uh spaces like one of these days i'm like a hundred issues into invincible so i'll actually be finishing that off maybe in the next like couple of weeks so no it's been great it's kind of nice to take a step back but now that we're ramping back up i've dived whole hog back into star wars and like oh yeah these are actually really really good comics so and these are really really good co-hosts i'm really excited to be back with the both of you and yeah i think it's gonna be great i 
you know, we're looking forward towards uh, kind of a slightly different, a more leaner show here, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But no, it's it's great to be back. Yeah, no, I, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, it's it's cool to see, like, even though uh, we took, you know, a nine to ten month break on this show, uh, it's a good thing we did, apparently, because if you were going to take on reading One Piece, then you were going to need about that much time to get it done. <laughs> I'm reading One Piece myself, and I'm only like 150 issues in. Holy crap. First of all, incredible. Uh, comics podcast, right? So we can talk about manga. Uh, incredible series. If you've, uh, if you've ever looked in, not looked into it, probably should, because uh, if you're into manga at all, anime at all, it's an incredible story. But yeah, no, guys, I am extremely excited to be here. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. If you're a return viewer, welcome back. The, the show and the show structure have changed around a little bit for some people who may uh, have been paying pretty close attention to us as we took our hiatus. We are back. We're going to be full-time as, as we go now, but that means something a little different uh, than you may be used to. In the past, we were a weekly podcast. We're going to be moving to a bi-weekly format, and we're no longer going to be a live production. So what that means is look for us on when, every other Wednesday now here, here moving forward, but uh, it's going to be a pre-recorded episode uploaded to the YouTube channel as well as uploaded to the podcast catcher of your choice. Now, for those of you who don't know, who are first-time viewers, there is no better time than to start paying attention to the Cosmic Force because, hey, this is our first show back. It's episode 67. Really happy to be here. But for those of you who don't know, we are a Star Wars podcast focusing around Star Wars comics. We're part of the Utini Podcast Network. And for those of you who do like all of the content that you see here, you have the opportunity to help us out and contribute in your own very important way. And that is at patreon.com slash Utini, where you can head over and for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini Podcast Network of shows, a awesome thing that you could do for us. We're going to thank our patrons at the end of every single show like we always do. And uh, yeah, so if you want to head over there and support what you're seeing here, that's what you can do. It. The Utini Podcast Network is expansive. It has a bunch of different shows that may or may not be on our YouTube channel. Things like Star Wars Archives. Things like The Living Force lives there as well. We have an MCU podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, head on over. And it's, uh, it's going to be an awesome benefit for those of you who love to contribute to the content that we create. Now, guys, it's been a long time. And I know we got into all of the different things that, that we've been going, uh, that we've been doing over the entire show, um, or at least the show's absence. But uh, what's something, like, what have you guys been reading? Like, I know Caleb, you already mentioned one piece. Jacob, what uh, what have you been reading on, on this long hiatus? And if you say nothing yeah. really, I'm just not completely... <laughs> Well, so this hiatus did basically coincide with the entirety of the Higher Public Phase Two. So we, I read all that, you know, yeah, Crimson, Crimson Rain, Hidden Empire, all that stuff. Um, outside of comic books, I am trying to finish. I'm going through my backlog, and I want to read every canon YA and adult novel. Um, ah. It's probably not going to happen this year. I'm, I'm like, I got like twenty ish. A little bit less than that uh, in the bank. So I, I've been kind of going through. I'm like pretty hit or miss. Uh, like my reading will be like I'll read like five books in like two weeks and then I'll read one book in five weeks. So right now I am with I'm on last shot is my current read. Uh, I'm not like going in any particular order. I'm kind of like just going around, see what suits me. Um, but yeah, so doing last shot getting ready trying to make sure that's all done before we like get to uh rise of the red blade uh later this month so or I've, next month 
I remember really liking Last Shot a lot, but like, if someone asked me like, what was all all about? I'd be kind of like, I feel like you can have Ocean's Eleven with Han Solo a little bit there. Yeah, that's the vibe. Like it was, it was really good. And Daniel Jose Older, I think, is my maybe just because I like his vibes a lot. He might be one of my favorite current authors, just because you know I really just like the way he like this kind of like the vibes he's putting out there, like his energy, his uh, work there. I like him a lot. It is interesting because like he definitely has like I've like talked to a few people about this. Like he has like you know yeah a very unique vibe to his writing, yeah. and I feel like so far I've read all of his other stuff in Star Wars. So far, this is the most vibey of all of his things. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is, it's a uh, like, you know, a lot of his other stuff can be like a little silly or goofy or like, you know, just energetic, I guess is a good way to put that, it. That's and this way. is like, I feel like of all of those, this is like the top of, of that list. Yeah, no, that's so my first introduction to DJO was uh, Midnight Horizons, and I hadn't read mm-hmm. High Republic Adventures, Ooh. so I was very lost. Wow. Yeah. yeah uh, so I actually DNF the book at least for now. Uh, when I first started reading it, and I remember, but it was it was so. Uh, part of the reason why it was so jarring to read was because having read first of all when I read the High Republic Phase One, I read it all in like a month. So mm. reading all of the High Republic Phase One and then ending with uh, Midnight Horizon. The vibe was so different that it was like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, and I actually dropped a message in the Utini Slack channel and I was like, hey, uh, am I missing something? And they're like, yeah, you're just missing like an I entire that, yeah. series of <laughs> like, comics. Like, leading like up 15 to comics, 15 yeah. comics and like a couple one shots. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I guess the cat's out of the bag here. So moving into kind of one and, and I'll get back to you in a second, Caleb, because I do want to know what you've been reading book wise recently. But uh, now that I hit the topic real quick, um, I'm not. So what I would call a complete newbie when it comes to Star Wars comics, I've definitely read Star Wars comics. I've read several issues of Star Wars comics, um, several arcs, several several entire runs. Um, but I'm definitely not as well-versed as these guys are. And we kind of thought as a, as a team at Utini that it would be a good perspective to bring because not everybody who reads Star Wars comics has read all of them, or at least as many of them as uh, some of the other hosts on this show, Jacob and Caleb. Um, so we figured that the perspective of somebody who hadn't read quite as many Star Wars comics was pretty cool to include in the show. And these guys are going to be doing me the incredible favor of pointing me in the, in the right direction as we move forward about like, hey, what comics are good, what we, what we should read for next week, things like that. So I'm really looking forward to as far as, you know, when we're talking about social, show structure and stuff like that, like, I think that's going to be a really cool perspective to bring. And I'm excited to bring it and help and have the help of you guys leading me through like this huge like literal galaxy of star wars comics because there's there's an absolute ton of them um but now that that's out of the way caleb what have you been reading print wise uh without the pictures well okay this one does have a lot of pictures in it but it is kind of print um and this is kind of we were talking a little bit about patreon shows and what we're going here but this is the revised core rule book for the d20 system you know it is like my brother got this back in like 2000 five or so 2003 i don't think episode three was even out at that point and it's oh yeah this is based like on what's on the cover this looks probably this between was, 2002 and 2005 this was a revised edition the very first edition of the d20 system they put out was just for um like just episode one had just come out so they put out this one to coincide with the release of episode two uh attack of the clones um i remember reading this book like I'm not I'm like I'm going to use this word and I mean this literally religiously as when I was a kid. I would have like read all this like cover to the cover like 
seven times. Like I was all over this rule book here. So uh, going back into it, because I'm going to be writing a system through it, it's like, oh yeah, I remember all of this. And also a lot of this is like, oh wow, that was a interesting design choice they made here. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to try to run that, you know, you know, soon. But that was like the big like Star Wars thing I'm reading right now. Now, Parker, you're going to appreciate this. Um, I just on the drive home today uh, finished up uh, part three of the Mistborn uh, oh. second book. So the book two, uh, part three, so it looks like I'm about halfway through. So I'm going through the uh, Mistborn trilogy kind of slowly right now. Well, the first trilogy. Well, I have to ask, what do you think? It's good. It's good. Like I, we not to get into the character specifics here too much, but like we have our like kind of our main one of our two main characters here. Like he's such a nice boy, but it's like, why are you making all the nice boy decisions? Like if you just keep your stupid mouth shut, you'd be in a lot better spot. But no, you got to do the honorable thing and blab. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a like if you haven't gotten into fantasy, Brandon Sanderson is a really good spot to do it. Like. I feel like he's probably like the most prolific uh, fantasy author and, you know, is like there might be other fantasy authors who are better wordsmiths or like, you know, make objectively better things. But I don't know, like it's hard for me to recommend anyone other than Brandon Sanderson, if only because he has such a breadth of works. Yeah, no. So getting into like things that I'm I've been reading, because uh, luckily for me, I get to recap my entire life of reading in my interest now. go over like nine months um brandon sanderson is easily my favorite author period end of story um and like for those of you who also read the cosmere i have a misborn tattoo and the light from my window is going to block it out but yeah there it is there's my misborn tattoo that's a symbol for steel i absolutely love misborn i'm so excited there's several people in utd right now reading misborn and it just makes me get like eric eric messaged me the other day and he was like I just finished my seventh Cosmere book. And I was like, ah, I'm so excited. Like, this is awesome. And like, for those of you who haven't read Brandon Sanderson, can't recommend him enough. He's incredible. He has super consumable prose, which is, it's, or a lot of people saying their prose is consumable is, is code it's for like it's, yeah, like, it's like a dig. It's like, you know, like, oh, he, they dress, it's like damnation by faint praise. It's like, you know, right. it's very mainstream. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it, and that's, that's, very often the case when it comes to people it's like a velvet dagger of sorts but uh for him i genuinely think that his prose is consumable while also being good um so actually i am reading the seventh book in the mistborn uh saga which the fir- for those of you who don't know the first three books are their own separate trilogy and then the wax and wayne series is a four book uh quadrilogy afterward um and i'm on book four of that right now i actually i haven't started it haven't cracked the spine but i just picked it up the other day it's the lost metal so excited for that because Apparently, reading the reviews for this book, it's like the most tied into the Cosmere. The Cosmere is like his overall universe, um, and it's the most tied into the Cosmere of all the Mistborn books. I'm really looking forward to reading that. So, but yeah, no. So, just a little background on the things I enjoy. Uh, I, I I I love Star Wars. I my relationship with Star Wars started back in. I know, shocker. I love Star Wars, <laughs> but um, my relationship with Star Wars started back when I was a kid. There was one Christmas specifically where I just started getting into Star Wars, and I got all of the first six movies. In a DVD box set, um, I, like I'm sure some of our viewers did, uh, I ended up memorizing like every single line uh, within a, a month of opening that DVD set. And ever since then, it has been a uh, pretty steady consumption, fire hose style of everything I can consume Star Wars wise. Uh, the two Star Wars books that I had in my house at the time were, to this day, some of my favorites are uh, Labyrinth of Evil, 
which I made a YouTube video about. It's incredible. I love it. And then Cestus Deception, which is one of mm-hmm. my like low key sleeper favorites in all of Star Wars literature, just because I love the the depth that it goes into with the Arc Trooper. So uh, my relationship with Star Wars is is long and storied, and I'm really excited to expand it by getting into the comics more than I already have. Like I said, I've read certain things like I've read Vader 2017. I'm working on Vader 2015. But getting into the like the I would say like more niche recommendations, which it's not really niche if they're coming out, you know, daily. And I'm realizing that not daily, but they're coming out mm-hmm. concurrently with the show's release. Uh, they're not really niche, but for me, they're not like the mainstream series that I'd heard of. And it's really cool to to be getting into them with you guys. Like for for me personally, I was a fan of the show before it went on hiatus. And then I joined the team at Utini and now here I am. I find myself on it and I'm super excited about that. But uh, I read Lando based on recommendations from this show. So you're welcome. that's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you, Caleb, <laughs> because that that Lando miniseries is so good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, no. So now rolling kind of into the, the meat and potatoes of today's show. Now we've caught up a little bit. Guys, we're talking about Vader, Black, White and Red issues one through three. Third issue just came out recently, and I'm really excited because as I was reading this, it's it's pretty unconventional, I would mm-hmm. say, like as Star Wars comics go, especially like for those of you who are members of our Patreon, you may uh, be intrigued to know that uh, at least here in the near future, we're going to be releasing the couple pilot episodes that we recorded for this podcast. And one of them was on Sana Staros, mm-hmm. and the other one was on Yoda. And having read now both of those... In, in conjunction with the rest of my Star Wars comics knowledge, this this three issues of Star Wars comics are very unconventional as it pertains to like the normal layout and structure. So like, I'm excited. Exactly. Before we jump into this, should we talk about really briefly uh, what the show looks like? Because if you're an old listener, you'll probably recognize the Vader Black, White, and Red is not a comic book that has been finished for like two months, uh, which was kind of our old mo to mm-hmm. do. Usually one round table for a book that had been done or an arc that had been done basically by a month at that point. And then talk about artists for episodes, talk about writers for episodes, some other stuff, Um, you know, in our hiatus and talking with our fans and our team as well. And not just the three of us, but the other people on our team, it seemed like, you know, we want to get to the people like Parker that are not on top of everything all the time. We'll get you there, Parker. It's don't worry about it. Appreciate uh, it. But uh, we also kind of like it seems like the people we were hitting were more of the people that were pretty caught up or at least if they weren't had, they might not have read everything in the past, but they're still reading week to week. So we're like we said, pre-recorded every other week. When you listen to us, we will be talking about some of the comics that came out the week prior coming out on Wednesday still. The week prior and the week before that. So the two-week window before an episode is basically when you will be hearing us talk about those comic books. So this week coming out on what the July fifth, uh, uh, we will be talking about the comics the two weeks before that. So yep, just happens that Vader Black, White, Red came out in that that window or the third issue, and uh, it's been pretty fun. So we kind of want to talk about that, and you know, as more episodes come out, we'll we'll kind of. You know, towards the end, we'll probably maybe forecast what we might be talking about the next time. Um, but hopefully we'll kind of bounce around, touch on different series, touch on different mini series. And just like the nice thing is it gives us the opportunity to share what we're enjoying in the comics. So, like, you know, we're hopefully more excited to talk about it week to week 
Um, because yeah, like like Parker said, or it was starting to intro before I I took us off on a tangent. <laughs> this has been very fun. It's very unconventional, but like, I'm be honest, I'm like not the biggest Vader comic book fan. Okay, and so like when I when I open issue one, I'm like, here we go, another Vader, and then I'm like, wait, that was like, that was good, <laughs> and so I'm like, I. I am excited for more of this. It is an anthology. We're going to get into it. Like every issue is split into three stories written and each one's done by a different creative team. And then throughout it's a four issue miniseries. Jason Aaron has done an entry like spanning a story that spans all four. Yeah. But like you're getting a lot of variety. It's like there's Vader Dark Visions was a miniseries that was kind of similar to this that came out a couple of years ago where every issue was its own thing instead of, you know, breaking it down within the issue. I think they had the same uh, but writer, but different artists. Different artists okay. and different stories. They're all like little snapshots. But this is like very different. It, it is part of a larger Marvel thing. They Marvel, maybe a year or two ago, did ones for all their villains that were black white and blood instead of black white and red i think hmm. um but yeah it's it's unique and refreshing and cool vader stories and like, like the title yeah. says the art is all in black and white and red so we only it's a tricolor uh show so we got for those watching along we got a couple of key arts here where you can see you know vader and his black white backgrounds and just a lot of dead red bodies and like different artists take the uh that cue that kind of like you know cue card and run with it in different directions and there's some really like it's it's great seeing like yeah the the uh, art that comes out of it you will hear a lot of artists say that oftentimes when you know they have a constraint put on them it actually fosters more creativity so like having like black and white like a lot of like to get into comic history like a lot of like old school like you know horror ship horror comics the ones that got the code created were also in like black and white and had a lot of like dark horror elements like that so it's it's fun to see this come back through it's almost like it kind of reminds me of a way in like which just because you're these stories like are probably not like strictly canon mm -hmm. like they're, they're they're all kind of like very you know just it's it reminds me a lot of visions where it's like i was just one gonna creators, say like visions -y it's deal. kind of like they were handed visions like you're handed this concept of star wars or this comic book you're handed the the character darth vader and they're like you can do whatever you want it's like you know take this in whatever direction tell an inspired story be unique with your art it doesn't have to look like so much star wars so many star wars comic books like the 99 percent of the art is like kind of like photorealist not like fully photorealistic but it's like you know it's supposed to look like the thing whereas like you're getting a lot more abstract um abstract art and like different stories like yeah it's very much they've taken the chains off of the creators and let them just kind of do what they want which is always usually leads to pretty good things yeah yeah no i it, i was really glad you brought up visions because it reminds me a lot of visions not just because the color palette is so similar to rodan um, which I love Ronan. It's still, I think, probably my favorite of all the Vision shorts in seasons one and two. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's actually cool. I think that this couldn't have been done in any other way than they did it. Like, I don't think that if they used the same creative team and just told them write a bunch of different stories that it would have come out as well as it did. Because honestly, like the differences in the art styles and stuff like that lends a certain conti continuity to each individual anthology or part of the anthology series that like, 
gives it this separation between the stories that is really cool. And also it makes it super consumable. Like if you sit down and read these comics and you only have time for 10 pages because you're like me and you have two kids and you have to <laughs> fit your reading in when you can do it. I think this makes it like way more consumable than maybe even your average comic, which are already pretty consumable in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I reread them before the show today and i'm like uh because i think they're i think they might have a lar- like a slightly longer than average page like count. 35 33 pages per uh issue. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like they're like a little bit longer i'm like uh, i'm gonna be here for like 45 minutes reading all these and like no they go quick yeah, oh, yeah. So. especially because like each one of them pretty much every single story has like a pretty decent sized action section of them and naturally like those as long as you're not sitting there like and of course a lot of people do read this way but for me personally not that i skim the action scenes but like i get the information <laughs> from it from the yeah. panel and then move it, on so it moves pretty quick and you know they don't have to establish who darth vader is exactly yeah there's no care not not that there's no character development but there's very little that you have in all you're not already on board with yeah it, it, and a lot of the like it is interesting kind of again like comparing a little bit to dark visions dark it's similar where you're having a lot of these characters and these stories are you are looking at darth vader through the lens of another character watching yeah. So like this, the regular civilian, the the imperial, like whoever's around, is like experiencing the like threat or the like force of nature that is Darth Vader. There are some that are like definitely like more like keyed in on his POV. Uh, but yeah, like you're kind of like learning and like kind of getting to know that like a side character, and then Vader comes to town, and we mm-hmm. kind of see how their their world changes. Yeah. yeah no, it, it's it's really cool. And one thing I think is awesome. Just one quick point I want to make is. In each story, you get to see each creative team almost get excited, work themselves up, and then do the big Vader splash panel. And, like, get to do this awesome shot of Vader doing some Vader stuff. Uh, Caleb, you had something you were coming with. No, I, I think that, that 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 sums it up pretty exactly here. But I think it's it's time instead of talking in generals. Let's start breaking it down uh, kind of section really? by section here, right? Yep. Okay, so um, we're going to start off with the hard shutdown storyline and that's what we referred to earlier that's the one by jason aaron and leonard kirk uh this is kind of the uh, through story here so we've only seen this is the only one that we don't have a conclusion to yet so maybe vader will make it out of this maybe not who knows um so as a quick summary vader is kind of facing down the son of the man who built vader who built his armor and his like prosthetics the person who you know at the end of episode three probably designed everything that was into the vader suit so um yeah i said just the through series of this whole uh uh system this whole uh uh, arrangement here um how do you guys feel about this one like there's some really great artwork you definitely see vader kind of struggling a lot here but you know just because someone built the suit and the attachments for fate for vader does that mean that same someone can take them uh can take vader apart uh okay so and the sh- short answer, no. Exactly. Uh, it's, and, it's... and when you when you read the comics, it's like it becomes pretty evident. Obviously, we're talking about Darth Vader here. Like he's the most I feel like. Uh, and now this is also coming from my my abbreviated somewhat knowledge of the Star Wars comics world. But he's such a comic book character that it's it's insane. Like he's the most like gets killed and comes back to life multiple times character. I feel like in all of at least recent Star Wars comics. And you can see that a lot in this storyline, this through line that we've had in all three issues. Like, it seems like yeah. Vader, when he's in comic form, is like 
20 times more powerful than any other media we see him in you it's know oh yeah <laughs> like it's like once it's he like goes a- like he's powerful in like the movies and maybe he's a little bit more powerful in the tv shows he was really powerful in that video game and um in uh in jedi fallen order but even in jedi fallen order it doesn't even like come close to who he is in comics like in comics he's like superman he's in insanely unstoppable yeah like it's like kind of like probably like my my one fault with all all these stories is and it's not even like it's not it's not anything to do with these writers like they can't do anything it's just like vader can in comic book stories can be such a tank it's like the superman problem where it's like how do you threaten superman um and i don't think just because of like the movies and you know the fact that he can't die in these stories like it it makes it worse uh where it's like it's very hard to find ways around that and to like Mm -hmm. act like challenge him in a way that feels like it has stakes um i like i really i did i have enjoyed like the the jason aaron story it's super cool because i think this is his first thing back writing star wars since he did the 2015 mainline oh wow um so like it's great to have him back like i think he does really cool like does something really cool the story is like taking kind of elements of dr silo from the vader 2015 series uh who parker's probably kind of experiencing now if you haven't already and then also um in the the current vader run you you get another kind of a a bit with ig88 where he also is like you know presses a button shuts down vader's armor um that also did not go well for ig88 spoilers um (laughs) but it is like kind of cool like being like okay he's like vader's like a god amongst men he has crazy powers. What is his, like, if there is a weakness, what would it be? And besides, like, emotionally going after him, which some characters have tried to do, like, the fact that he is kind of supported by a robot body is probably, like, your next best shot. Well, yeah, and I feel like um, this is kind of, like, a big meta point here, but whenever we see, like, people try to take out Vader, they like, there's two main archetypes. They target his suit, like, oh, he's a robotic man, so we need to hit him with ion weaponry, or we need to hit him with, like, you know, you know droid shot offs as we, as we saw in this one or some people like oh he's just a man we just need to poison him or shoot him enough like it seems like there's always two camps of like you know robot versus man and we always see like neither one of those can succeed because they don't ever like com- two people never combine those two options there you know they're always targeting oh i know his one weak point and they try to do that and you know i feel like that's fun because like the one time we finally see him defeated is that his opponent you know targeted the one thing no one else knew the fact that he was a father you know luke said you know you're my father will you help me and like no one else was able to like target that weak point for like a fair term yeah no i did i think that the thing that happens here is one of those things that always happens in like comic comics as a whole especially in comics that have like on-screen tie-ins Mm-hmm. you don't you're never expecting someone to kill off darth vader in mm-hmm. a you know what 20 some odd panel short story in episode in issue two of a of a uh little you know mini series so there's like you said there's sometimes like that lack of stakes but one of my favorite things about all these stories is what they do is they put the stakes elsewhere besides like vader's life they put it in all of the different emotional connections that you know are very close to him, like Padme gets name dropped in this series and other things like, you know that the people in the room with Darth Vader are always in danger of their lives. And I feel like that's where the stakes tend to mm-hmm. live. Even if they're you know, Imperials, even if they're on his side. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they did a great job 
while the stakes aren't necessarily life or death when it comes to Darth Vader, they did call back to characters that we're very familiar with, or at least somewhat familiar with, and put their lives on the line simply from being in the room with Darth Vader, which I think was a, is a good decision that, I, that most of these creators uh, tended to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a fun, like, deal. This is like a, a sideline that the guy dropped here, but you know, are the, the main villain of this uh, piece here, yeah. well, main antagonist <laughs> of this uh, piece here, you know, he, he's talking, he talked about how, you know, his father built Vader and then saw Vader as his magnum opus and then, like, twisted it and decided to try to turn his own son into that and cybernetically, like, destroyed him and replaced all his bones and all like that. Like, do you think this is like a really like meta question, a big question that you might not have the answer to. But do you think his father was that twisted and evil before he built Vader or because he came in then you know, to Vader and Vader came into his life? Do you think that twisted him from that interaction? Like, does, is, does creating a Sith Lord turn you into a worse person? Like, you no, know, well, you know, creating the body of a Sith Lord. I, I think, wow, that's a really good point to make. So I think if we had zero precedent before, I would be mm-hmm. way more inclined to just be like, oh, no, he was probably that twisted before. But we have like if you invader 2017, we've we've seen people be strongly influenced by even just clothing items or a mask that is really close and important to a Sith Lord. And we've I mean, we've been exposed to Darth Vader enough times now in different mediums that we know that he's such a pure like vessel of the dark side. That I think that's a pretty plausible, I think, scenario that this doctor is like not that twisted of a guy just kind of doing his job for the Empire creates Darth Vader as we know him. And then that just completely twists him off the rails. Yeah, no, it's I I guess I, I like mentally like when you pose this, I took it a bit of a different way. Like I kind of it's almost like like Tantalus, like he he's like created like Darth Vader, this like. You know, I guess the perfection, the the primo cybernetic killer mandroid thing. And now it's like, okay, well, like I, I can't like, you know, Vader's gone. Like I'm never going to interact with Vader again, but like, how could I like try and achieve this again? And he never can, Mm -hmm. uh, but just like kind of always like trying to like chase that, that unobtainable goal. Um, And also like kind of in a way like reminds me a little bit of like thanos with like a nebula or whatever right oh yeah or like you know like kind of like trying to like craft and like tweak and 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 manipulate your child to achieve some sort of greater goal uh in a way that is you know very outside the traditional uh parent child loving relationship that's a good that's a really good way of putting that so yeah i can't (laughs) wait to see where this like we're the, the last uh, part of this goes as i yeah. said before i sure hope vader makes it out, out of here but yeah you, uh, i i really hope i i don't okay but uh, long it's as, up in the air like quick quick aside <laughs> do, do you think uh the uh was it sai like silo do you think the uh the our uh antagonist here is going to survive or do you think he'll somehow escape like that's really the only uh, question i i believe he is probably very dead <laughs> i think he's yeah. dead i think he like i could I, be surprised but I don't think we've got anyone that like anyone so far in these three issues that has like legitimately like gone against Vader. Uh, if he wants to, he has killed them all. The yeah. the only ones that have survived are the ones that he did not care to kill. Exactly. Yeah, no, that nobody's like nobody's safe, and that's this. I think that is the the main stakes of of this issue. I mean, obviously, I 
I think it's pretty obvious, but I don't know that anybody has done anything this egregious to Darth Vader and lived. Like, I no. don't, I just yeah. don't see, like, this guy kills people for disagreeing with him verbally. So, exactly. Yeah, I, I think he's very dead. Perfect. I, I think he's definitely very dead. So, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. This was kind of like the highlight of, of this it, first issue here. Uh, for fans of the show, you know me. When this uh, name comes up, I get a little, I get very excited here. I get very, very excited. But this is Inescapable by Peach Momoko, who've only ever son, seen do like Star Wars covers. And I have a, like, legitimately have a few of her covers lying around here somewhere. But this one is uh, Inescapable uh by Peach Momoko. Again, this one, a kind of a summary, Vader stalks a woman through her nightmares. And boy, howdy, like, this is some of the most, I think this is the most horrifying bit of, like, Star Wars media. I know, I haven't read, like, what was it, Red Harvest or, like, the, 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 the zombie trooper one yet, but, like, this is, like, legitimately, like, you know, some pretty high-grade, like, Japanese horror here. Yeah, this is, this is pretty nuts. Uh, Jacob had some, had some thoughts about this. I like it. I, okay, first off, before I forget, before this like leaves my mind, Caleb, if you haven't read it yet, the the Higher Public Phase Two manga also very horror. I, I think haven't, I haven't gotten way. around to that just yet. It's very good. Anyways, um, two it, manga I, references like, in the same episode. Who are we? Who are we? We're the uh, new cosmic I, force. <laughs> <laughs> this, I I think I agree. It's very good. Um, it is. I think it was not served as well being in the first issue of this uh because okay. it is it's a fever dream it's very like again beautiful art conceptually very interesting there is not a single word of dialogue and it is very very just like abstract like peach has this idea and like crafts it through the art but like they're almost it's almost not even like a story it's hard to describe what it is without like, you know, someone actually consuming it. Um, but it's like super interesting. I don't know that it was the best thing to have in the first issue, because again, every issue has three stories uh, with the first one being the, the Jason Aaron continuation. I think peach like peach does like is one of those uh, creators that sells covers and sells issues. Uh, so, yeah. you know, that probably doesn't hurt. Um but I think to try and get people in the door, maybe it would have been a better thing to have three stories that are like just traditional stories, if that makes sense. Um, whereas like if this came in issue two is like, OK, this is a really cool individual experience of the six I've read so far. Whereas if it's one of three, it's like, oh, whoa, OK. Um, but like. Again, I love it. I just think maybe editorially it was maybe not the best decision to put where it was. I just save it for like uh, issue three. And probably you know, like, like literally anywhere else. Like, you know, yeah, I personally I liked it a lot in issue one because it kind of gave us like a really wide scope of what we can expect from this sort of thing. Yeah, that's you a know. good point. So, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like it. it I'm not the biggest horror person. I don't read things, but I'm going to name name drop Junji Ito here. He's a very famous Japanese horror uh, mangaka. But mm-hmm. like you, you can kind of tell there's a lot of that because like he's really good, and you see a lot of this here in in her art of like this kind of anticipation page of like there's a lot of build up, and then you fl- literally flip the page and like you know it's like a sudden like an entire page of just like an entire close up of an eyeball here, and it's like. It's like, oh, it's like a big shock sort of thing. And you've seen Vader with like his 
normal face mask is actually now a skull. Like, oh, it's so good. Like, you flip the page and you get tired, like, like close up of that and go, and you realize it's made out of bones and it's like so horrifying. It's some really good body horror stuff. I, I really uh, enjoyed this a lot here. Now, again, we can't really talk too much about the um, story here because it literally plays out like a nightmare, but I'm just throwing this out here. Do you think? the main character, this, like, female that we see being chased by Vader, do you think that's... do you think that could be Leia? Um... My canon, my, like, head canon for, like, what the story is, is, mm-hmm. like, it's someone that, like, some random, normal person in the galaxy that experienced Darth Vader once, and it absolutely shattered their reality. Like, yeah. they saw, they saw, like, one of these other stories happen, and, like, just like they could could not cope with what they like witnessed, and now they are having fever dreams of like him haunting like their their every like nightmare. Oh, absolutely! That, like that makes sense a lot. I kind of like part of it is she kind of looks like she has like the white jumpsuit, the long dark hair. Like maybe it's trying to like indicate that you know Leia, who is also the daughter of Vader, being like stalked by this darkness in her own nightmares, like. You know, I haven't seen like any interviews about this or anything from her, so maybe this will be something that we'll never have a conclusion to, and I'm okay with that personally. Yeah, no, I think I'm I'm kind of with Jacob on this. I I think this, and I, granted, with the art style, it's kind of hard to tell depending on you know what the age of the person of the, of the woman in the, in the mm-hmm. frame and the panels are, but it seems like a younger woman, and at that point, Leia may not have definitely didn't know uh that vader was her father and this seems like a very i know who darth vader is and i'm petrified of him vibe uh i don't know that i don't think i got a i don't think it's leia but i think that it's just supposed to be like a commentary on just how absolutely terrifying darth vader is and how even if he's not physically hurting you even if he's not choking you out with the force he still can have a perpetual state of having control over your life just by existing and you knowing of his existence. Agreed. Yeah. Really quickly, Caleb, with your Junji E2 or whatever mention, uh, the, here's my plug for higher pu- or the precedent volume. Oh, if that, if that does it for you. Yeah, that's that's messed up. It's okay, it's yeah. it's very it's pretty like it's just like lots of characters having like um, horrifying visions from being around the leveler. So. Okay, yeah, I got. I need to get my hands on that now. Same. All right. My God. So it is very good. Perfect. So moving Anyways. on to the next section here. Uh, the, this is the uh, the part three of the first issue. This is dissolution of hope by was this Torun, uh, Gronbeck and Klaus Johnson or Jansen, Klaus Jansen. Um, okay, a summary: A rebel group attempts to destroy uh, the Empire by activating their own super weapon. Uh, this was a pretty good one here. I feel like it was, like, maybe a little overshadowed by the other two here. Like, you know, it didn't have, like, the like the story, the, the overall story of the first one, or, like, the insane artwork of the second one. But it, it's just kind of a good sort of, like, hey, you know, Vader is, like, a looming presence throughout this story. Like, I like how his name dropped in, like, the first panel, but he doesn't show up until, like, the last three uh, pages. And then yeah. it's, like, it's all over by that point. Yeah, but you are privy to his commentary the whole time. Exactly, and it's not like you realize you don't realize that is Vader's and his commentary until like the very, very end. And I, I right. do like that sort of reveal. I think that the context of it being in Vader, Black, White, and Red, like 
you're supposed to deduce that this is Darth Vader. He understands what's going on. He's analytically breaking down every single panel that we are seeing and like has an explanation for all of the actions that are happening. And finally, when he does show up, it's super impressive. And it's just like mm-hmm. this guy's playing 40 chess against people who are playing checkers. And again, like it's just a really good example of his absolute mastery of manipulation of the galaxy like everything is in the palm of his hand and just like waiting on these people to just fall into their own complacency even if they think they've got the drop on him i love the like power and mental like capability that this exudes like about darth vader himself yeah it's yeah it's interesting like that the the threat of vader like it looms over the entire issue without him like really being there. Like they're always like, you know, Oh God, he's coming or like, he's going to be there. And yeah, like, it's not even like he's actively chasing them down for most of it. He just like appears. And I think that's very interesting. I think like this, uh, this story has like one of my favorite art styles of all of them. Um, it's like super interesting. Cause like, it's kind of a blend of styles, like the backgrounds and, and the scenery is like very like 60s, 70s comics. Like I looked it up. It's the oh God, what's it called? Uh, I put it in my notes. Uh, uh, ben Day dots, like the old style nope. comic books were like it's all the, the little oh, you know, mosaic dot yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the background. And it like and it's also it plays into the foreground a little bit with the coloring of the black and the red. But then like the characters look almost like more manga style like especially if you you go to okay second second page bottom right panel that woman's face is just like that just like looks like it's out of a manga i don't know like stylistically yeah to me like i think the nose and the eyes is or what's doing it for me it's a very interesting blend of like the backgrounds, the scenery, all this stuff looks like 60s and 70s, like Western comic books, but the characters themselves don't really blend with that style. This might sound really weird, like a really weird pull, but this reminds me of like the like eight, like 1980s, 1990s, like cheap, not in a bad way, but like cheap, like black and white uh, role playing game supplemental materials. Like, you know, these yeah. are someone's like these, these characters have have like character sheets to go with them so when you play a one shot you can play like the heroic hero or the conniving scientist that sort of thing it's like mm-hmm. they can't look like maybe they can't have that you know action hero design to them yeah i like that and i love that it's it's like almost like comics for comics sake for mm-hmm. like a lack of a way to to uh describe it but i find it funny that like it's such an integral part of the comic genre that not only has it made its way onto the screen with things like Into the Spider-Verse and stuff like that and animation styles as they're currently evolving, but it's so integral to comics that we're still, we're hand-drawing these things now that were just a product of the printing process back in the day. Um, but then also modernizing it a little bit. Like you said, like there are manga vibes to to these characters. Like in the in the panel on screen, uh, the, the, dark, or the, the character in the bottom right, the like stitching and stuff like that. Like I know we get that in other comic books. Like I don't know, but like you said, the lining and things like that around these characters. It's kind of manga, kind of more modern, but we oh, still have like almost in like his shoulders. You can see all the the speckling and the dots. Yeah, it almost like blends of like Archie comics too. In some, yeah, it's like yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, many. Yeah. It's hard to describe what's going on like visually. Um, I'm a dumb guy. I don't know how art works. Uh, but like <laughs> it's just like just to look at it it's just like a such a i guess like the style captures me in a way it's hard to describe 
Nice. But I like now, it. Yeah, this isn't my first personal favorite art. We'll get into that in a little bit, but we got to do a couple more steps here. So uh, the next one here that we want to talk about is uh, an issue to The Endless Mercy by David uh, Pepos and oh, this? Alessandro Vitti. Uh, Vader and his stormtroopers board a ship called the Endless Mercy, the missing scientist and her biological weapon. It's like not to spoil anything, but it's essentially Vader, Darth Vader versus the alien queen. It's it's just uh like they board a ship and there's just a bunch of you know red aliens that that you know slowly start to turn people and eat his stormtroopers and turn them into fellow biological monsters. It's just Vader destroying them and being captured and you know we have it's kind of a parallel to what we talked about earlier of how uh, in like the overarching story we have you know someone saying ah Vader you're a machine I will defeat you by shutting down your machines well this one there's a moment where the alien's like ah I've infected you you're a man so now I, your body will belong to me your your fleshy human body will turn into my uh, cohort here but like neither one of them realized that he has the power to force yeah, yeah uh, this... sorry go ahead Jacob I was like, I think we were talking before the show. Parker, did you say this is your favorite story? Yes, this is my favorite. Same. It, it's like, you know, it, it it does definitely fall trap to the like Vader's an unstoppable tank, even though he like definitely seems defeated. Uh, and it's mm. like, whoops, uh, he he still loses, guys. Don't worry, uh, or he still wins. Yeah, that this is art from it. It is like Caleb mentioned um, the Peach story being body horror. This is like body horror taken to 11. I think like it's just like visually super cool. Like it's a very it's just like a metal story. Like, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, no, it, it did it for me. I um, yeah, I don't know. We don't really see this kind of story in Star Wars very often with like these like real like I mean, there's the, the nameless in the higher public, but like these really kind of like terrifying like monsters. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know how common it is. I know it wasn't in Vader twenty seventeen. I haven't seen it yet in twenty Vader twenty fifteen. But Vader doesn't get unmasked. Like that's Mm-mm. not a thing in like, Star Wars media. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the only time we'll see it in this entire arc here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Or this and, entire series. Yeah, this, like I, if we see him get unmasked in the next uh, issue, I will be mildly surprised. We, we so it took us three movies to see Vader's face. And it was one of the bigger reveals in all of Star Wars when it first happened uh, to see Sebastian Stan playing, playing Vader. We get that here and like that has weight to it just for the fact that we don't see that very often. The the gore is what really sticks out to me in this series. Like it is unabashedly very bloody and very gory. I mean, you can kind of tell here uh, this just kind of looks like a, a, a web of really gross stuff. But like people's heads are getting crushed and blood is splattering all over the place. And like this is a pretty gory, uh, gory story as, as it stands. So I part of that's part of the reason why it's my favorite. The art in general is basically why it's my favorite. But also the fact that it gets so close, like just on this line of the humanity of Darth Vader. And you finally see how. Like in the first, in the previous stories we've seen, you know, they, they try to beat him with his robot capabilities. And Caleb, you touched on that this is how they try to get to his humanity. And it's just impossible. You get so close to him. Like he can't breathe. He doesn't have his helmet on. He's still talking. He's, he's talking crap, basically, like still. And the fact that they were able to go so close to this line and show how desperate the situation should have been. And yet he's still pretty much completely in control of it. 
yeah, that's what that's what make, makes this uh, the story for me. It's awesome. Yeah, I also really love the kind of like at the beginning, it's very restrained with like, again, we have three colors, I guess really one if you yeah. want to be technical about it. It is very restrained with its use of red at the start of the story. Like you, you get like the buttons on Vader's chest, his lightsaber and a few like blood spots. And then it's not until we get into like the monster, like the monster is the use of all the red and like it kind of like slowly transitions of black and white, black and white, red, 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 and like all red as we get like more into like the monster kind of like taking over the focus of the story. So I thought that was kind of like a super cool way of using like, again, like Caleb had mentioned, like that. Uh, artists can do like some really cool things when you put like restraints on them um and like they took that restraint and like kind of even furthered it for mm-hmm. themselves of like trying to really only use the red when it made sense for like the story and for what they were trying to convey yeah absolutely like it, so I, for those of you who are watching the video version on screen here is the first or i think this is technically the, the fourth panel Family. it's the first page of the endless mercy and mm-hmm. the only red we have is the red of his lightsaber. But then when you move on and you get to the later parts of it, it gets so much more gruesome. Like, like in the last yeah. couple pages, like instead of having to black space, it's just red. He just puts red out the uh, viewports, and it's 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 a great, it, yeah. They, so no, no, they, the, the, they did a great mark. job. Yeah, like this might be my favorite use of red. Yeah, we might get into that in, but this might be some of my favorite use of red here. But let, let's move on to the next uh, story here. Uh, this one is Power by Victoria Ying and uh, uh, Marika Presta. Uh, this one is about a young bully boy who learns about how the world really works and the importance of power. Like this was definitely like a um like for the first couple of pages I'm like oh no this poor boy and his family like I can't like like I don't want to but I can't like it's going to happen that something terrible is going to happen and Vader's going to come into his life and mess it up but it's kind of nice because it actually like almost flips that uh sort of thing at the end like Vader does come into his life and you know shows him and the little boy at the very end sees how like intimidating and powerful vader is and how he gets results and he looks up to vader and gets this biggest smile on his face like oh wow that's what i want to be like and it's just like such like we have to touch on what we talked about earlier like vader came into this poor boy's life and now has probably twisted him in a really bad way yeah no 100 percent. uh it's one of the creepier things in all of these issues i think uh it will the, the, maybe it's because I have kids, but like the innocence of children being being twisted because, and we mentioned it earlier. We mentioned it when we were talking about the uh, terrible names, the the one that actually expand, spans the entire series. But Vader oh, yeah. twists all of the people that he's near. Like he has this effect of turning every not maybe not necessarily turning everybody to the dark side, but the fact that this beautiful child, this young innocent child sees darth vader and has such a reaction of like enthrallment and his awesome power it's scary like it it hit me i was like oh my god like i I had to do a double take on this panel because i was like oh my god there's no way that this kid is like smiling like do do i have to get rid of all my child's vader merchandise that's what i'm saying man like i just got the darth vader uh lego helmet i haven't built it yet with my son i don't know if i'm gonna build it with my son like, this, <laughs> like, this is like art dude is it should my child idolize and be this is his hero yeah like, God, it's it's such a, like, like uh, for the video user, for the video watcher uh excuse me video listeners uh 
this is those panels right there. This child is just so, so scary. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. like this. This child is like yeah, half of like I mean, let's be real, half of Star Wars fans online. It's like oh yeah, Vader, cool. <laughs> like oh man, <laughs> like, for him to do another unjustified murder of an innocent. Yeah, <laughs> this kid, this kid's totally a Vader stand. Like he's yeah. just totally. A he, this this kid has retweeted the uh nothing uh, i'm surrounded by nothing but fear and dead men comic panel so well, many times every time yeah. it comes up like he probably has a schedule like every five weeks he posted himself yeah and scheduled tweets uh one thing i wanted to talk about as far as these panels go though is talk about anime influence mm. i think we got it here like oh definitely like you know now, now i'm curious here i'm gonna pull up the artist here uh yep yeah they've done um uh, she's she's definitely has a uh they definitely have a, a pretty major uh, uh manga tint to a lot of their uh art artwork and, that, and that's great it's fun to see like i don't know if, like people if it like how well that would work out on like a mainline like vader run but like having like bits and pieces of this it's great it's always fun to see like a new like artist take a like something that we've seen before like a tatooine-esque desert planet and seen it in like a different viewpoint like a different uh lens here yeah, no, I, going off of what you just said, I don't think this would do well as a, like, if we were to get an entire Vader run, like 20 issues of this art style, I don't know how into it I would be. I think it's perfect for exactly what this is, like this Visions-esque, like one-shot style story where it's like, oh, this is a really good perspective. Absolutely. All right, so let's let, let's come to, up to the next one uh, here. This one, I, I this is what I alluded to earlier. I think this one might be one of my favorite arcs, uh, the favorite little stories here. I love the artwork. I just love how bonkers it is. It is annihilated with uh, story and art by Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, you know, a rebel base is trying to evacuate, but stopped by one singular Sith Lord. Like, it's great. Like, I just love how like like. It, this might sound bad, but, like, how, like, wacky and, like, ugly this art looks. It kind of looks like something out of, like, like a really, like, unhinged, like, independent 80s comic book. Like, all the character faces are all scrunched up and, like, screaming at each other. Like, all the text boxes you can tell were, like, handwritten by the guy here. Like, all the word, like, there's none of the, the creaming, all the words are kind of mashed together. It's just, like, insane. I love this uh, bit of artwork here. Yeah, yeah if, it's, grunge, it's a, if comics could be grunge, this is it. Yo, absolutely. Right. It's so it's cool that you bring this up. So yeah, it's like Hill mentioned. Daniel Warren Johnson did the whole thing. He wrote it. Uh, he illustrated it. He did the lettering, which again, like looked like I. The M's on this look a little suspicious, but if for a lot of it, it looks like it is done by hand. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, but the cool thing is, so Daniel Warren Johnson is an interesting creator. He is known, I think by a, a good amount of the hardcore comic book fans for creating he created green leader which was it's like probably wow. i would say the most popular star wars fan comic of all time um really you just like look Not up star wars green this. leader it's about it's like a, a single like you know small fan comic of the guy that takes down the executor oh, in yeah. uh that crashes the a-wing in in return of the jedi Oh it's God. like basically like his day in the life leading up to this. Um, so that's like really, really high regarded, highly well regarded by a lot of fans. So it's kind of cool. I think he's done some official stuff before as well. And he's like an actual like published creator. 
Uh, but yeah, to see him get to come and do this as well uh, with this story, I think was super cool. It's definitely got its own flavor. And mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, it's funny is as soon as I started reading, it didn't strike me as like the, the lettering was done by hand, but now looking at it, like there's three different, four, five different P's on this page oh, that all look different. Like, I don't think this is a font I'm, now I'm, that I'm, I think about it. <laughs> I'm glad you pulled up that one. Cause like that, that, the, the, you know, if you're watching this, like the, the, you have this like screen of this like rebel, uh, fire pilot, like with his face all twisted and screaming. Like, I just love seeing like <laughs> crazy things like that. And like, it, it, it's horrifying, but it's also like, it's, it's so engrossing and seeing like, you know, just like exaggerated emotion. You know, we like yeah. stories and we're into stories because we get to see the emotions, whether it's fear or power and like, just like this insane, like, like adrenaline fueled like screaming matches that these people are in like you see that all over their faces here i think they might also have one of my favorite like character designs a little later we got this like uh rebel ground commander and i don't know if it's like a face paint or like a tattoo mm-hmm. but he has the entire rebellion symbol like tattooed up and like up his nose and around his chins when i saw that i'm like oh this guy is so he's such like he's so bought into the rebellion that he's got it all over his face oh, i did such even a think cool to grab dude. that i'm gonna go grab that and throw because he's, yeah, he's like my he's, hero right there exactly it's like <laughs> this guy is a true believer yeah yeah it's again it's like super cool that we get like a series like this because you're like you would never get this in like a normal star wars comic book oh, issue yeah. uh so like again yeah giving someone like that the create the creative freedom to kind of like just go out there and have you know characters that their face are look absolutely absurd or yeah has a <laughs> there he is yeah it, it might be <laughs> It almost looks like it's part of his beard underneath the chin, but then obviously it's up his nose. So like I, yeah, you know, maybe he dyed his beard and then kind of like painted the face around it. Um, I mean, he he is definitely for the cause. It did not end well for him, I must say. Um, no, but yeah, no, absolutely not. But definitely find yourself find yourself somebody who believes in you, like that man believes in the rebellion. There's one more panel I wanted to bring up that I pulled earlier for this. Uh, it's I just love. Yeah. Oh yeah, the ability of these creators to take, like you said, their their restrictions they were given, and almost like like nobody told them how to. uh, As far as we know, at least nobody told them what your art style had to be. Some of them just took these super awesome liberties with things like making the lightsaber into such clear, like in this panel right here in the video version. These are brushstrokes, and they're not like hiding the fact that these are brushstrokes, but it also like definitely works in the context of swinging a lightsaber and it adds like this vader fills the room with his power kind of feel to it and yeah no i love this panel this, is, this love, might be my favorite panel in the entire series it's great i also love like the uh the uh onomatopoeia like the the, the sound effect of the zwalk right there yeah. and it's like uh, he's like in the middle of the yo uh, it's insane this is a uh, like like I, I, I like I, I was I was googling him here, and he looks like he has one one about professional wrestling. I'm like, I need to, I need to read this now. Is, I definitely need to is read this that. this pose looks so familiar, and I don't know what to place where to place it. Like it's almost like a like an Akira slide kind of type thing, yeah. where like you yeah, see the same thing in pop culture so much, like this lunge with the like saber. Kind of like that, I'm like, sure it's referencing something, Indiana. but I don't know what it is. But uh yeah, that was for my wife. Uh but yeah, I don't know, like I'll have to look into it. It's like it's kinda like the blade pose of uh of of uh lunging attacks sort of things. It's yeah. great. It's very anime. 
Oh yeah. Uh, all right, and then we got one last one here. Uh, you know, we'll have you know we'll have to see what the last issue looks like. But this very last issue uh, story we want to talk about is Diplomatic Immunity by Marka Bearden and Stefano Raphael, who's done a lot of artwork for other Star Wars comics, I believe. So, wait, wait, what is what else has Stefano done for uh, Star Wars? I'm gonna look this up. I don't know if you're. I, I don't like recognize the name. Maybe I, I'm it's, just getting that confused with a different. Maybe you're color. thinking of like Palo or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm I'm off on a, a tangent here, but yeah, like it. This one is a lot of. This one's a little bit slower paced here, so it can captures the same story beats of the last story, but just like in a different, like slower paced one. You know, uh, 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 what is it? A staff officer is called up by Vader to be his personal diplomat and pilot for a mission. So you know, it's kind of like this like fun mounting horror where he calls in like this lieutenant to uh, serve as his pilot, or uh, yeah, and then they you know he, you know brings her out into like a planet. It's like land here, like oh, this is your home planet lieutenant you'll be my guide here as he just slowly begins like you know uh just decimating a local rebel population and then finally revealing that you know he knows that not only is has she been a you know a uh been a, an agent like you know a, re- a rebellion agent but now he's going to be her his double agent just like a, such a great like power move for vader like willing to destroy like an entire city just to turn one agent uh as a to his uh cause here yeah no i showed this panel earlier when we were talking about endless mercy i i didn't i didn't mean to this is actually during the double agent uh arc but i love the fact it's just to be petty about it i love the fact that now she's a triple agent and she totally was like just don't kill me please i'll i'll, I'll go from <laughs> being a double agent for them to being a double 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 agent for you like this is totally fine Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'll, you know it, it's great because, like, you know, they're, uh, the very last thing he's like, "Okay, that's your that's your family's uh, that's your family's home. This will be the last time you will ever see them again." Like, say your goodbyes now. You work for me I, I forever. It's, it's a very interesting comic. I, I really like. There's been a few that I've read recently, um, where it's a cool comic to read twice. Mm, where yeah. like you have one perspective going in. Like you kind of like, I think, you know, you start 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 to pick up where the story's going before you get quite to the end. But like to be able to go back and like reexamine it through the lens of knowing that this character the whole time is a spy trying to hide things from Vader and having to watch her watch him destroy all these people around her. Because like when you first go through, she's trying to play it off. It's like, oh, it's just some rebels. It's fine. And then you realize like, oh, no, it's probably like. You know, she might not know these rebel agents. She might have nothing to do with it, but like she's not as like she's not a like heartless imperial. She like probably does care about all these people around her beyond the family that he uses to like finally make his point. Like this is her community that she grew up in and having the context of knowing like going into that second time, knowing that she's a spy. I think it makes it much more interesting. Yeah, I uh, I think it's cool because even just innately during while reading it, she doesn't know that he knows her ties to this planet mm-hmm. or at least that's what it comes off as. And then he very quickly is like, Oh no, there's a reason I asked you to come along with me here. And it's mm-hmm. cool to see that. Like, that's the reasoning. Like he, of course, Vader's always 10 steps ahead. Exactly. And, and speaking of 10 steps ahead, he can drops a kind of an interesting thing here. You know, he, she says that he doesn't want the Alliance wiped out. He wants it pruned. Like, you know, it, it, this might be the first time we've ever saw this here, but he like Vader apparently doesn't want 
he wants that wartime like economy he wants that wartime like you know pressure on all the time like he does like and that kind of makes a degree of sense i've never thought about this but you know he like it makes sense that he like you know he wants to have someone to keep fighting he wants to have someone to keep challenging him and uh you know justify him getting in this tie fighter and blowing up a dozen you know untrained you know, you know bush pilots every now and again yeah no absolutely it he i just love the fact I, like i i one of my favorite things about all of these stories and Darth Vader in general is just his general ability to be. I, I've said 10 steps ahead. I've said 40 chests. Just he's, he's better. He's just he's him. He's better than everybody. It's so cool to see him just be this god of war. Like nobody is getting one over on him. And I know that's something we talked about earlier that is like, uh, OK, we know Vader's going to survive this. But to a certain extent, like there the stakes exist because there are no stakes like the stakes are what is he going to do here that is going to blow my brains and and he just ends up doing it in every single episode it's so cool and the art the, i got the last panel for that last uh story right here on the screen and it is oh god it's so cool the art is so good in all of these oh yeah you see the executor like rec reflected in his like islands is here show off you know like the, the might of the empire it, it's it's some great stuff you could put this in a poster 100 percent, 100 percent. i need a display of that like i've got bare wall space i need a display like right here of this yeah absolutely so, that is the last story we have out so far the next issue is going to give us the conclusion to jason aaron's story uh, a story from Frank Thierry, who I don't think has done Star Wars before. Uh, and Steve Orlando, who he has done, he did one of these shorts or one of the stories from the Life Day uh, one shot. Uh, yeah. Which oh. one? Um, uh, just pulled it up and I closed it. He did, I think it's called on Paid on Delivery, which okay. is. Uh, was that the was that the, uh, the Han Solo like I it, big? I think it's the Han Solo fight, one. Yeah. Group fight one. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, that'll be exciting. Uh, yeah, this, I, I think this has been a pretty cool, uh, series. We are getting a interesting because they did this with the other, like Marvel black, oh gosh, black, red or black, white, and black, blood. White, I think. blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, instead blood. of doing a trade paperback, they do, they have started, or at least initially they do treasury hardcovers, which are just much bigger and more expensive, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll do like tr uh, trade paperbacks later so we'll see if that is the case here as well but yeah uh, does anyone else have any final thoughts on darth vader the first three issues of this series we kind of got into everything that i had i just want to point out like the fact that we were able to get and we've seen darth vader and darth vader regarding dreams and depicted in dreams and things like that before but just the amazing peach art in the fever dream was just one of my favorites uh the fact that like the uns like undescribable terror that someone can feel just by knowing Darth Vader exists. I love him. Uh, and then the, and the only other thing I had, I mean, we talked about it so many times, so I don't want to beat the dead horse, but I love that we got to see a bunch of very excited artists do very short stories mm, uh, yeah. that was able to build so quickly. It's almost like you got like, it was like waves crashing on the beach, like again and again and again, you got these really cool Vader moments. Exactly. This might be like, like I haven't thought this too about this too much, but I think I like this series a lot more than maybe not a lot more, but I like it more than Visions, the uh, the Dark Visions one. 
I, I do okay. like the dark visions, but mm-hmm. I do will, I feel like I like what they've done a lot more. Like, I don't know, just like the, as I mentioned before, the black, the white, and the red. Just like having the artist like, hey, you have three colors or like three options here. And just like seeing how they use that. Each artist uses that in a different way. Some people use it just as a primary color. Some people use it as a gradient. It's just amazing. It's There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of really fun sort of things and you can go back and reread them as much as you want reread your favorites just you know read the ones that if you do some that you didn't co- care about reread it again anyway it'll take 11 pages it's great yeah for sure 100 well yeah no so i i appreciate you guys joining us for our discussion of of vader black white and red now we do have things coming out because this is comics and like we said we're going to be talking about stuff as it comes out nowadays uh jacob could you potentially take us through some stuff that's coming out soon yeah so i guess we'll really quickly go over the other things that came out in this window uh so we had bounty hunters 35 came out uh, a couple weeks ago very cool issue it's if you're looking for a jumping on point that's a pretty good one uh the the team has kind of been shaken up boba fett's there you know cool stuff happens dirge is back for people that care about that um So, yeah, it's a pretty good jumping on point post Hidden Empire for this for this series. Uh, Mandalorian, the season two adaptation started with issue one. That's fun. It's an adaptation. Uh, it's a very if it's anything like the season one one, it'll be a very, very faithful, very just like by the book adaptation. So it's cool to look at, but nothing too crazy. Dr. Afra 33. Uh, she's currently on an adventure with Luke Skywalker, which is pretty cool in her run. Uh, and then today. Uh, as we're recording this Finally. so a week ago um the higher public adventures had issues six through eight drop on one day i have never in my life seen a comic book drop three issues on one day this is due to all the publishing delays they've had over the course of this series but this is the end of higher public phase two um so i have not read it yet i'm going to because it's been so long i'm going since i've read the old issues i'm just going to read them all in one sitting over the weekend um that's my plan i've heard very good things about it but that's what came out prior or i don't think either of you are currently reading higher public adventures are you no i haven't got no. my hands on it now yeah no but it was fun it, to hear oz uh from the utini team we've got oz he jumped into the comic channel in our slack and he was like oh my god i forgot it's triple adventures it's day. day yes <laughs> it's, been, it's been looming but it's the series is done. The phase is done. Uh, yeah. So, but then for next time, we have a few options. We have Star Wars 36, which is, uh, ooh, it's, it's, it's Luke Skywalker. He just got his, um, his lightsaber. He, he just got, he didn't get his lightsaber. He got his kyber crystal. He's got his yeah. green kyber crystal. Uh, we have Yoda number nine, which That's is the, the, the ultimate help. One, right it, there's still it one more an ultimate issue of the maxi series but it is the last issue of this arc because it's okay. the right. three arc three issue three issue three issue and then, a, and then a finale issue so i think this mark guggenheim might have done this one maybe did we um, ever get confirmation that cabin's coming back for issue 10 i'm pretty sure that's correct okay. uh i'm excited but uh so yoda number nine we have darth vader 36 which afro afro like all the characters are crossing over a lot mm-hmm. so Afra or no, sorry, Luke Luke's is in, in Afra, Afra and Afra, Afra is in Vader. Uh, so we got Darth Vader thirty six with her, and then another bounty hunters issue. So those are maybe our options. We'll discuss. Yoda number nine is probably the easiest one to just yeah. like 
hit that arc. It's not my, I'm gonna be honest. It's not been my favorite one so far, but well, uh, it's a cool Clone Wars story. I think, I think, uh, I think one thing that we could probably do is, uh, tell everybody to follow the Twitter account and hmm. that's a good maybe, idea. Uh, yeah. Maybe you'll find out early what we're going to be talking about next episode, but, uh, it's probably going to be one of those things we just listed either Star Wars 36, Yoda nine, Vader 36 or bounty hunters 36. So follow us on, uh, follow us on Twitter. It's uh, at cosmic force show. If, uh, if you're interested, uh, some of you. Might have been paying attention and saw the breadcrumb trail that was being dropped on Twitter and uh, in the lead up to this episode's release. So, by, yeah, by the time you listen to this, uh, it, you you should know the show is coming. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I sure hope you know the show is coming back by the time you're done with this episode. Yeah, you're you're an hour in. <laughs> Wait, Basically, what? well, since we're in the future now, I can say, hey, that tweet on the day before the the new episode drops was really good. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> got got nine whole likes, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and follow us on Twitter, guys. We appreciate you joining us. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Cosmic Force. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on YouTube, where you can watch us every other Wednesday. We also encourage you to subscribe to our audio version wherever your podcast platform of choice happens to be. Like I said earlier, you can follow us on Twitter at Cosmic Force Show to stay informed about the Star Wars Cos- comics happenings. Or you can even follow each one of us individually. I'm at Parker Kirk underscore. Caleb is at Caleb Laminac. Jacob is at Jacob B-O-U-S-H-H. For reviews, articles, and news for the rest of the wide Star Wars Galaxy content, be sure to visit utini.com. We encourage you to join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash Discord. And you can help show, so, show support for the show by heading to patreon.com slash utini and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. If you guys hit me up in the Discord channel and start talking to me about the Cosmere and Brandon Sanderson, I am 100% guaranteed to respond. So, uh, now, on the topic of our Patreons, of course, a special thank you to Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Carl Sanders, Zach W, and Michael Fry on our Jedi High Council, and James T, Ashley Ingalls, Colton Fife, Chris Caruso on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Thank you again, Caleb and Jacob, for hosting with me. Special thanks to you, our listeners, for sticking with us through the hiatus. We're back. Somehow Cosmic Force returned. We're truly, truly thankful you guys are here appreciating the show and Star Wars comics with us. And uh, see everybody in uh, in two weeks. Of course, may the Force be